Welcome to Let Go Lean In, a podcast of resources for your journey of transformation. What kind of transformation? The wholehearted kind, personal, professional, and spiritual. Each week, you'll hear different transforming practices to help you on your journey of becoming more fully you. We'll hear from others about their own journeys, learning to let go of habits and patterns that no longer serve them, and how they're practicing leaning forward to the wise woman God has designed. I'll occasionally include a book recommendation because, well, that's part of how I'm wired. I love ideas and encouraging others to learn and grow. Thanks for being here. Well, welcome, dear listener, to another episode of Let Go Lean In podcast. And not just any episode, it's my favorite, an interview episode. And I'm so excited to introduce you to my recently new friend in real life, Allison Priola. Hi, Allison. Hi. Thanks for having me, Lisa. Yes, I'm so happy to get to share what you have been doing for quite some time in the leadership space. And just to be able to have you encourage the people who listen about how they have leadership opportunities, whether leader is in their title or not. So our work is aligned. So here we go. I'm going to read Allison's bio so you can get to know some of the backstory as to why I thought she would be a good person for you to hear from. Allison is a high-capacity leader over, with over 20 years of organizational experience in creating, equipping, and leading teams. As a seasoned organizational leader, developer, facilitator, and coach, she helps teams bring simple solutions to complex problems through guided collaboration and maximizing talents. She is skilled in leading through strategic planning, creative solutions, and managing projects. Additionally, she is an ICF certified coach with a desire for individuals and teams to make and execute upon clear steps towards organizational goals, as well as growth as whole leaders doing meaningful work. She is passionate about facilitating opportunities for individuals to understand how they are gifted in order to fully live into their talents, roles, and responsibilities. Allison is currently program manager for the AmeriCorps programs at Cal Poly. I am so happy to have you here. And for those who are listening, you probably hear a very similar at the end of her bio with what I'm all about. So, you know, I'm helping people connect the dots of work, life, and faith. And this is what you love to do. So I'm excited. So I used to ask people if they could remember an early story of how they got the awareness of leadership. And I'm wondering, because I didn't, you know, front load that for you, but do you have a fun story about when you first recognized, oh, here I am leading? Yeah, absolutely. I love it. As soon as you asked that, a, an image popped into my mind. Um, yeah, so my husband and I were on staff with a faith-based organization um, for 20 years, actually. I left that organization just two years ago to work at Cal Poly. 
Um, but in those early years of working with crew, um, we had the opportunity to take students overseas. And so this summer we had gone specifically to East Asia. We had taken 40 students, which was probably crazy to think that we could take that amount of students. It was my husband and I and another couple, staff couple that took these students um, to a closed country in East Asia. And I really, the first few weeks of this trip, I kind of was struggling with what is a leader and am I a leader? Even though I, on paper, was helping lead this team along, along my husband and another um, leader. And I remember we were walking through a night market in East Asia. It was really hot. Um, all of the students were kind of in front of us and me and my co-leader, not my husband, the other guy, we were walking in the back. And I said to him, I'm like, I don't know. I don't think I'm really a leader. Um, and he said to me, Allison, you are, you're a leader amongst, he goes, I think your definition of leadership or what you've seen is a leader in front, like mm -hmm. a leader telling people what to do. He's like, but you're a leader amongst you lead side by side. So mm -hmm. you are, and he just kind of spoke some leadership words and they mean all of a sudden, I remember being in this night market and realizing that's my leadership style. I don't like to lead out in front. I will, if I need to, but I like to lead amongst which is why I think I was so drawn to coaching because coaching really is a guide alongside. Yeah. Um, so that for me, I was in my early twenties, um, just the beginning of kind of leading and organizational leadership. And that really shaped my view of what a leader, what type of leader I was that mm -hmm. I like to lead alongside and amongst. Um, and I think that really helped me blossom and kind of go for it. I'm um, in leadership kind of had that that was the confidence that I needed, like, oh, there's different types of leadership. And I, I do fit into one of them and I can go ahead and lead out of that. Yeah, that's so great. I love that because being a leader amongst really does give that sense of bringing people along rather than being out in front like the Pied Piper and saying, you know, follow me, listen to me, you know, <laughs> follow my example, whatever. I love that he spoke those words into you at such a formative time. Mm -hmm. because you could have stayed in that mindset that you're not a leader and it would have affected the work that you did going forward. But that Absolutely. pivotal moment, you got those words of encouragement and, and he really saw you, that, yeah. which is also kind of demonstrating his own leadership that Absolutely. he would, you know, speak into you like that. <laughs> Excuse me. Today I have a sore throat. I'm glad <laughs> we're doing happens. this not in person. <laughs> always, always happens that way. Always <laughs> the benefit, right? Yeah. So fast forward through these these years of leadership with and among others. Mm -hmm. At what point did you realize that that guide alongside would be an additional benefit to you in your leadership? Yeah, I mean, I think I saw it probably after that summer, I began to really see it. And I would say both my husband and I are more shepherds. That's kind yeah. of our style. Yeah. Um, you know, Enneagram language, I'm a three and he's a one, but we both have a really strong two wing. So we have that, just that nurturing component to us. So I think being a leader among really fits with a lot of who I am. Yeah. Um, but I think I saw that leader among really become a high value um, as I led teams. So we worked with college students for a long time and led teams of young professionals, major, mostly were young professionals. Mm -hmm. uh, and we made a move kind of six years and seven years into our time working with crew to San Diego. And we brought a small team with us. And I think that was probably the most pivotal time of me leading among because I didn't know what I was doing either. Like we were in a brand new city on a brand new campus with a brand new team of recent college graduates trying to 
establish a presence on a college campus that was very different than the one we were used to. Mm. So I think the having the posture of, hey, we're in this together, we're going to figure this out together was probably when I realized my leadership style was of high value. And then because of that, I I built relationships with my staff. So the people that I'm leading, I think a lot because they were younger, I feel like I took on like an older sister role to them. Like Mm. our home became their place of sanctuary. Our children became part of their family. So it just felt like it was, we were more of a family than me just as their boss. And so I think I liked that leader mentor versus leader boss. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And, and I talk a lot about leadership styles and specifically transformational leadership among six or seven that have been researched and identified as, as ways people lead Mm -hmm. and everything that you're saying is evidence of the style of transformational leadership because you are among your people developing relationship and also giving them opportunities to learn how to be a leader in the way that they're wired. So I just, you know, I'm listening to this going, yes, yes, this is so good. This is so good. And you know, the season, and I already, you know, sent you these questions and stuff. The season that we're in in the podcast is focusing on leadership values. And I love the one that you've chosen and I want you to, to mention it because I'm hearing how you've already lived it out just in the stories that you've told, but that's because I already know. So for you, the <laughs> listener, Allison has chosen this leadership value to talk about today. And yeah, <laughs> I love it. I had a hard time choosing it, except this one kept coming up. I looked at the list a few times. So I chose integrity. Um, I think you can't lead if people don't trust you and people trust you by your word. So by you following through with what you say you're going to do and who you say you are, I think is going to speak louder than any other. There's so many qualities that are important in leadership, but I think integrity really kind of bubbled up for me as a really key foundational quality that you really need as a leader. Because if your people don't trust you, they're not going to follow you. Mm. Even leading amongst, they need to know that you're with them, that you're for them, that you, what you say you're going to do, you're going to do. So that's the one that kind of really bubbled up for me. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's an interesting one too, because to be integrous, right. To have integrity, you're the same when you're in your home Mm -hmm. as you are when you're out in spaces where other people can see you. And you mentioned about bringing your team into your home and that you were more like a a mentor, an older sister. They're going to see your integrity Mm -hmm. in that way, even though it's probably not top of mind at the moment. You're living life and they're seeing who you are, dealing with your kids, making food, you know, opening your home, all that kind of stuff. What about an example for you regarding the absence of integrity name no names don't throw anybody under the bus but what has it looked like to see a lack of integrity in leadership I think thing well things I think fall apart I'm trying to think of an example I probably have a lot from my past um, we all do we've all here. seen it somewhere yeah. of either up close or you know with a, a bit yeah. of a distance but yeah it's yeah That's why I want to talk about values because people assume the qualities of leadership all look like this. And honestly, the values that we have in leadership make us lead in a particular way. They kind of form us, right? So, yeah, absolutely. 
And I think, especially, I think as I've grown as a individual, as a leader, as an individual over the years, I think as I've gotten acquainted with Enneagram and understanding kind of who I am and my motivations, I think my value for holistic, like for mm. nothing to be segmented for it to all be all, I think has probably really echoed this integrity because it, it, it's seamless, right? Like you yeah. said, no matter how I show up at work, how I show up in my home, how I show up in my neighborhood, I should show, I want to show up as a, as the same person, you know? And I think especially within faith that needs to be congruent. I shouldn't show up in a faith space one way and in a non-faith, you know, oh, yeah. non-faith space a different way. So I think I've seen this probably in those ways of people trying to segment out mm-hmm. um, who they are or conform maybe. Um, I think yeah. we all conform in ways that are healthy, but I think the the way that I've seen integrity and why it's probably such a big value for me is that we have to be able to trust our leadership. So when when I've had leaders tell us one thing, but then kind of leave us hanging, like mm-hmm. actually like not support us or have our back when we're actually trying to do that thing. So I'm thinking work specifically, probably in ministry, um, where I felt like my my husband and I were left caring for our team when we were following kind of the marching orders of an organization mm. that didn't follow through yeah. on what they were asking us to do or what they were saying. Yeah. And I think it erodes trust. Like ultimately, I think pe- you, people stop trusting that leadership, whether it's an organization or it's an individual, it erodes trust. You don't want to follow someone you can't trust. That is so good. It It really, the absence of integrity erodes trust. Mm-hmm. That is, that's a sound bite right there. I love that. And we often don't realize that that's happening. Right. We, you know, it it's like an ill-fitting piece of clothing. It's like, this is irritating me. Why is this irritating me? And then we pay attention and realize, oh, that's what it is. And it is, it's a difference that makes a big impact. And we need to, uh, take that to heart for ourselves as we lead in different spaces. Like if I say I'm going to do something, I need to follow through. Yeah. If I show up in this space like this, that's who I am. And, and I think that's part of why people avoid going into leadership roles because there's, you know, more of a idea of leading in the front and everybody's looking at you, but it's easier to be yourself when you're authentic and you're demonstrating integrity, whether you're leading among or in the front or whatever. So I think that's a great choice, by the way. I love, (laughs) I love integrity and it bugs the heck out of me when somebody is like this way over here and this way over here. Yeah, absolutely. That's too much of a show Mm -hmm. to try to keep up for me. No, I'm not here for that. Excuse me. Well, and I think especially as a lot of my last probably 10-ish years of my professional career has been working with young professionals. So 20-somethings, they Mm -hmm. see right through it. So I think that's the reality. I think maybe you could get away with it before, but now like if you're not, if you're one way here and one way there, they'll see right through it and they won't give you the time of day. So if you want to build trust or build effectiveness, like if you want to be effective, you've got to be true to who you, true to who you are and true to your work because it will be seen right through. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of um, reminds me of 
the way that we have to slow down every once in a while and do a check-in with ourselves, right? Yeah. You know, as coaches, we're, you know, helping people develop different practices and things mm -hmm. and, and reflection is, is one of them. And, and that's one of the, um, the things that I've been asking people to kind of think back over the struggles that have come up and, and it could be, you know, more like the curiosity reflection kind of thing. I wonder why it went that way or whatever. And, and this is just throughout leadership, not specifically about yeah. the value of integrity, but when you have stopped or slowed down and reflected, is there something that you have learned from that process of reflection? And uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I'll stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I think reflection has been really, I mean, the thing I say all the time is be curious. Like, and so I think reflection is really key. And I think as an Enneagram three, who I'm a performer, effectiveness and efficiency, like run my life, I can yeah. really get away with not ever stopping and reflecting. So it's a practice that I've had to put in to play. Like I've had to learn to stop. So now maybe just lay down for 10 minutes. I had a spiritual mm -hmm. director that told me you need to just go like literally lay on your bed for 10 minutes and do nothing, um, which is so hard for me in my oh, yeah. kind of performance. But I think something that I've learned in reflection or being curious. So I think asking that question instead of bringing judgment, it's like, mm -hmm. huh, I wonder what happened there. Or, huh, what, what's, what's going on? Or why am I responding that way? Like actually giving myself an invitation to be curious, not to be like, what, what were you thinking? It's mm -hmm. more of a why, not a what. Um, mm -hmm. But in that, I have found, especially in my leadership style, understanding my Enneagram 3-ness also, I move really fast. And so I think as I reflected back, whether it's on my leadership style leading teams, or I would even say with my children, parenting, mm -hmm. I have learned I must slow down or I must pause because mm -hmm. I leave people behind. And as a leader who leads amongst, the thought that I've left people behind is not at all what I desire. Like that's not what I want. And so for me, I think sometimes I have to stop and put away my efficiency to say, okay, not everyone's tracking or we're not all together. What do we need to do? Like what patience do I need to practice in order to make sure we all are on the same page or we all understand um, instead of forcing people forward. Um, so I think as I've looked back on my journey, I think I forced people forward or I just was like, well, sorry, you're too slow. You better catch up. I think I did that more <laughs> in my early years yeah. of yeah. leading and parenting. And now I'm like, oh, they need a more understanding, mm. but they might need some buy-in. So what's that going to take for me to kind of slow the process down to help them understand? Yeah. Um, so I think it, that reflection has been so huge for me because I think I would just, I, my efficiency will, will go fast. And if I don't slow it down, I will lose people and people are too important to me, mm -hmm. but I'll, I'll forget. I won't see it if I let the value of efficiency run me. So I think that's been a huge reflection moment for me of actually having to ask myself questions and stop myself. Um, so I love I love several things about what you've said. First of all, that you've you've worked or are still working with a spiritual director because that that listening to the things that you're sharing and then giving kind of you might want to do this. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful inflection point because that is so antithetical to how you would normally be moving through the world. And that, you know, put pushing pause 
for 10 minutes for you feels like, okay, I could have gotten 10 things done in 10 minutes, (laughs) you know, this, 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 and yet what a powerful, powerful inflection, because honestly, for all of us getting curious is really the way that we can learn, but also grow awareness even before learning something just like, huh, I never saw that before. Even your efficiency. Yeah. It, it's just so much a part of you. It's like, you know, somebody says that story about asking the fish about the water. It's like, what's water? You know, you're just, you're just in it. So you don't even recognize it. I love that you have been able to reflect on the Enneagram as a growth tool. Mm-hmm. It is and I'm right there with you. It is so much more than, oh, I'm a seven, you're a three. Oh, great. I totally understand you because it's really just a starting point in recognizing ourselves and then learning how to bring in the wisdom of the other ways that people see and be respectful of the individuals that we get a chance to to live and work among. It's, yeah. it's just so awesome. I love it. Well, I um, am rewording something. I should just leave it as Barbara Brown Taylor's quote because she asks the question, what's saving your life right now? But I'm thinking, you know, in the leadership space that it might be fun to have people hear what keeps you motivated, which is, you know, it could be oat milk lattes with people (laughs) at field day coffee, or it could be, you know, something other or something, you know, deeply meaningful and and that kind of thing. So what keeps you motivated, Allison, on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. Um, So as a leader, so I shifted, I work at Cal Poly now and I'm running an AmeriCorps program, which is like the U.S.-based Peace Corps. So it's volunteer service program. And one of the programs that I'm running is helping college students be involved in communities in service. And for that, they get, they're part of a um, fellowship and they get a, they get a financial award. But I think it's really hard. We're starting a brand new program. We've said we're like flying the plane and it's not built at all. And Mm -hmm. so it's been a lot and I'm leading a new team in a new role in a new program, which as a performer who wants to get it all right and do it really well, it's really been a challenge. Mm-hmm. So I would say two things. I would say what's saving me, what's motivating me is the change, the like life change. So hearing, so we just got to do a launch party and I got to hear one of our alumni share how College Corps impacted their whole life oh. and how they saw the world differently by being involved in this or how it affected them. So I think what motivates me is when I see the effect on people. So when I see like, oh, this program matters, like it's actually shaping the next generation. It's impacting our community. It's doing good work. I would say good work is so important to me. So that keeps me motivated when I see yeah. the vision of what it can be and what it what it's becoming and what it is. Um, that's been really big for me to like continue to push through some of the harder places of making this program work and happen. And then I would say, because I'm a performer and I don't have good boundaries, I've had to practice a lot of good self-care. So mm-hmm. what does it look like for me to turn it off and to say, this is done, um, to be present with my family, my kids, my husband, with my friends. So I would say that's something I'm, I've, I've not done a great job on and that I'm continuing to have to push into is how do I take care of myself um, in the midst of something that could take over me and that I have a such high value for doing it well and right that 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'll let go of my own. I'll take care of my my family, but I'll let go of what's good for of myself. So I've gotten back to yoga, going on walks with friends, trying to say, you know, these things matter. Coffee, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. oat milk latte at a local coffee shop with a friend <laughs> is probably, you know, that'll fuel me for the week. Like, so yeah. making sure that not only am I motivated by the vision and the cause, but that I'm actually taking care of myself because mm-hmm. that will be the first thing to go anytime life gets busy. I love that you paired those things together because leading yourself well mm-hmm. impacts how you lead among the yeah, people absolutely. that you are given to to do life with in in your work and and it's so easy to allow the work that never stops to consume you. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was helping start the school there were 70 hour weeks because there was just so much to get done. And I was in the similar season that you're in. And I still had, you know, a teenager at home and a preteen and a husband and the rest of life. And that was not sustainable. Thankfully, it it wasn't, you know, a long-term thing, but I was not good in that season of taking care of the leading myself well. And I felt it. Mm-hmm. And and so I love that you're aware that both things need to be in place to keep you motivated and that you're learning how to. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not doing it well all the time for sure. But I'm, awareness is always the first step, right? When we're in right. awareness, can never <laughs> yes. change. Yes. So at least awareness I always tell fun. myself, I have, okay, I have the awareness. Now I need to choose. Yes. I need to choose that, you know, but. Yeah. And boy, don't we have to adjust our expectations that just because we have an awareness and we're going to implement a practice that suddenly everything falls into place. I mean, I have that extreme magical thinking that I struggle with. It's like, oh, good. Now it's all going to fit. No, it doesn't. It's a practice. Yeah. And something that I think really helped me in this season of launching a new program, my um, coordinator and I went to a conference mid-year last year. And at this conference, we were like, you know, they're from up front telling us what success is and mm-hmm. what it's going to look. And I remember we got in the car, we were in Modesto, we got in the car to drive back to San, to slow. And I looked at her and I was like, that success is not possible. And as a three, that's really hard for me to. So one of the things that I've done in Enneagram workshops is when we talk about like growth areas for each number, one of the things for a three is to redefine success. So Mm -hmm. to find a new success and then set your eyes on that because success is important. So it was so interesting for me in that moment, we in the car were like, well, what would success be for us? Like, what would success be for our group? And we redefined it. And then it felt like, oh my goodness, we could actually go after this. It still feels a little lofty. So it's a goal that feels a little hard, but it's achievable. And I think that's helped me. Then I can also care for myself. I can lead my team because I feel like we actually can potentially make the success, but I can also take some time for myself because I'm not the the criteria of success isn't so high that I'm going to run myself in the ground and trying to achieve something that's really not achievable. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important. I love that, that you are identifying what will success look like. And I think it's important to remind us, all of us that that's not lowering the bar Mm. and you're not settling you're not aiming, you know, at, at, you know, easy wins necessarily, but 
you're looking at in our context mm -hmm. with the circumstances and you know all of this this is what success would look like and and that just goes back to one size doesn't fit all yeah. even though organizations will say this this and this and these are your benchmarks and all of that kind of stuff when you're leading a team you have to pay attention to the people and yeah. your context and be able to make it accessible and still a reach because both things are Absolutely. true. Both are important. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's why I like the word redefine, right? Like we can re sometimes, and sometimes there's going to be a benchmark and we can't redefine, but maybe as a team, we can set some goals that are, you know, those smart goals that are achievable. So that at least yeah. we feel like we are having some success. If we maybe aren't going to be able to reach that benchmark right away, let's set some ways that we can get towards that, which yeah. I think obviously a huge part of coaching. Um, but that's been something that's been really helpful for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Allison, I could talk to you for another half an hour at least, but two things I want to be honoring your time because you have other people to go and be with, but also for the listeners because they're also busy people and absolutely. I want them to just listen to us keep talking about the wonders of leadership and the Enneagram and everything else. But I want to um, let you all know that I will include the ways that you can connect with Allison if you want to learn more about her teamwork, um, because she does do seminars and, and workshops and using the Enneagram. So I'll put that in the show notes. And Allison, again, thanks for being the wonderful leader that you are, where you are concerned for your people as well as leading yourself well. I just... And, having integrity because there it is right there. Thanks for being here. Thanks for so much for having me, Lisa. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Let Go Lean In podcast. I so appreciate you taking the time to listen and engage with the thoughts that come out of my head and into this microphone, as well as listening to conversations that I'm privileged to have with other amazing people who are doing great work in the world. I would really appreciate you sharing this episode or other episodes of Let Go Lean In podcast with people who you think would benefit from the information that is being shared here. Also, it's always a great help to others by liking and subscribing to the podcast so that the SEO goes up and Apple Podcast and where you listen to podcasts will show the podcast as interesting and available. So please help us out to get the word out by liking and subscribing and coming back next week. Thanks for being here.